Welcome to the Mislabeled Podcast, a podcast made by women, for women, and about women. Three ladies from different walks of life tackle the topics that nobody is talking about. So buckle up, babes, because here, nothing is off the table, unless you are on the table. Happy Friday, everybody. This is Ashley Rogers with the Mislabeled Podcast. I am here today with my beautiful and intelligent co-hosts, Miss Jessica Villegas. Hello, everybody. And Dr. Shweta Patel. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm afraid to listen to Jessica now because it sounds like she's inside my head. I always think there's like a little Jessica on my shoulder. Yeah, when now, I make life decisions, I'm like, what would little highlighter Jessica say? <laughs> <laughs> and now the entire world can know because this is what it sounds like. To our audience that is just joining us, Jessica did not have her microphone turned on earlier and it was so different. I don't think I'd ever heard her so muted. And then she turned it on and now my ears are crying. So crystal clear. <laughs> her voice, everything. I think, I think I can even hear her eyelashes batting. <laughs> And I didn't even put my mascara on yet. Whoa. Oh, thank goodness. Or else we'd be having like a wind tunnel over here. Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready to jump into today's topic, which is yeah. an absolute surprise? Can't wait. Yes. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about the negative core beliefs that we carry in regards to our body image how we view our weight, what we feel we should look like based on what we were taught growing up. We form these negative core beliefs very early on by what we are shown, not just by, I mean, we didn't have social media then, but we did have magazines, we had billboards, we had television commercials. I know kids these days will never understand. Uh, we had mothers, we had mothers who made comments. Getting, yeah. wow. And then most importantly, we had our family members, right? And for for women, it was typically our mothers or the females closest to us that we tend to mirror what they thought about themselves, what they said out loud, what they didn't say, but we yes. understood. And we still carry that with us today. Those are those negative core beliefs are very hard to break. So I'd like to hear from the two of you how that has affected you growing up and still now, and then maybe how you have kind of broken those core beliefs. I don't know about the broken part. It's still very real. But I grew up, my mom was very concerned with aging, for one, just her body in general. Her body, body weight, certain areas were you know, weight would collect or wrinkles on her face. And she would do a lot of like picking and pinching and making small comments about herself. And of course, as a young girl, I never saw my mom those ways that she would say about herself. And I actually like embodied those as my own beliefs about myself. And it's really pretty shocking how impactful that negativity was because it wasn't like it was every day. And also I wasn't really around my mom my whole entire life, but just the, the comments that she would make, maybe if I put a number on it, 50 times, we'd say 
I heard her maybe make a comment about herself 50 times over my life, perhaps. Oh, I was about to say like in a day. No, no, no. And they sat with me. Like, these are the things I should be concerned about. We don't realize the influence that we have over our daughter's with those types of things. I can't speak from a man's perspective, but I can from a woman's. And I have been very cognizant about that as my, you know, I have three daughters. I try my best not to ever say anything like that ever. But even, you know, as I got older, I was always a really small person. I didn't even break a hundred pounds until I was in my early twenties, maybe mid twenties. So super petite, I'm pretty short, like five, four. (laughs) And as I started to get older, I had three kids. Of course, I naturally gained weight. Now I'm in my early 40s. I'm the heaviest that I've ever been in my life. I don't necessarily look that heavy, but I feel very heavy. I feel very different because I'm like 40 pounds heavier than I was when I was 20 years old. For me, that's a lot of weight. That's 50% almost, you know? So when things on my body move or like, jiggle, it feels very uncomfortable to me. And then I go back and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm developing those things that my mom had. Oh yeah. And and then I start to notice things on my body that my mom would notice on hers. And I just think it's so important that we be very mindful of what we say about ourselves to ourselves, but also about ourselves out loud in front of other people, because they will pick that up and run with it, even if they don't choose to. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Shweta? Like, what are those things that, well, I guess I didn't answer the other question, like how I've gotten over those things. At the end of the day, I appreciate myself for what I've been able to do over my life and the things I've been able to overcome. And when I have like a little something here and there that I want to work on, I do what I can about it, but I don't beat myself up over those things. Like I'm just a person of action. So if I don't like something, I'm eventually going to just do the work that's required. So I don't have to have it bother me anymore, but I don't think things like I'm fat or I'm ugly or I look old or any of that. It's just like, Oh, this is my favorite thing. Maybe I'll work on it. I think it's really important to note too, that you may be 40 pounds heavier, but you are now a normal weight, right? You are not overweight. You were underweight before. Yeah, but it's valid that you feel, you know, like you've gained a lot of weight because 40 pounds is a lot, but you're now a healthy weight. Yeah, that's true. But it still doesn't feel take good, away right? from the fact that it. it feels weird. Right, right. Yeah. How about you, Shweta? <laughs> so growing up, my nickname was Jotty. It means fatso in Gujarati. <laughs> Your guys' faces. It's not that bad sounding when you're like growing up as a kid. It's more out of an endearment, like chunky monkey, I guess would be the. Yeah, we're still like. No, no, no. You carry those things with you. You carry those things with you. The things we carry. I mean, as the title may have conveyed, I was a very healthy, robust child. And then that somehow translated to a precocious teenager because I felt I was taller than the average teen and I was also still heavy, but my height made it not look weird. 
So then I just looked like a young woman when I was still like a tween or an early teen. And that was weird too, because you're kind of combining the connotations that come with being a size you're not expected to be or doesn't meet a standard. And then also what standard it does mean and the sexual connotations of it. You know, like, so it was like the embarrassment of being precocious and being like, oh, men are mistaking me for an older woman. And on some level, I should be embarrassed or even kind of ashamed that, you know, I'm attracting that level of attention because as if this was something that I just took out my little, you know, palm pilot and like pressed boobs and like suddenly sprouted <laughs> a bigger cup. Um, only. Right? And, and so there was like that combination of being embarrassed that I wasn't smaller in size. And I was also more advanced in my pubertal growth, I guess you can say. And so, yeah, that definitely, it definitely has that impact because we're, if we were surrounded by a community of obese people growing up, if our entire family was obese or overweight, I think that it would be normal for us to be overweight. It wouldn't be. And I think that's actually the opposite end of the spectrum of the issue is that when you are surrounded by an unhealthy body type, it normalizes that unhealthy body type. And when I say unhealthy, I literally mean scientifically unhealthy, not like, oh, unhealthy because they don't meet some kind of a social standard. But like, if we have so many families that are, the entire family collectively is overweight and they normalize each other's weight gain and they normalize each other's eating habits, emotional eating and, and tendencies, which on this end of things, it's like if you're not surrounded by people who are overweight or they are normal sized, but then you're the one who's the outlier, then there's the element of the emotional impact that that has on how you feel accepted within your own family. And the crazy part is the family unit is supposed to be your most safe space, right? Like the unconditional acceptance area. like. And I think maybe that's where parents are they have that delicate task of guiding health while also fostering acceptance. And yeah, I don't envy people who have children to bring up because it feels like you can possibly go wrong at any point in time and, you know, like overcorrect in, in what you're trying to convey. Because I'm sure, you know, you're like you're saying, Jessica, your mom. She was brought up with her belief systems and they were probably conveyed to her from her mom or a family member that she was brought up with. And you know, like it's just like generational self-criticism that gets passed down. And now you are trying to, or as you raise your girls, you're trying to correct that. But our parents didn't have that, that, you know, that resource or knowledge or even I don't even think my mom or my parents had that kind of confidence within themselves to be like, it's okay. You you can be, you know, a hundred pounds at age 12. And that's not a big deal, which I was like, I was actually 120 pounds. I remember when I was 12 years old and that was big for a 12 year old. And I struggled with that on like, I struggled with weight probably until high school when I finally started kind of learning about things like exercise and like 
you know, dieting. And, and so began that whole journey of like, yo-yo diets and like workouts and et cetera, et cetera. I don't think until I got into the military stage in my life that I really learned how to navigate my weight in a healthy way. And the emotional element of weight and eating, you know, it's by no means a done issue. Like I think like I still struggle with that. And I think that's part of the reason why like I empathize so much with the women I work with, with weight loss, because it's like, you've heard all the conversations they're having with themselves because you've had them mm-hmm. yourself, you know, like about food, about how you look in the mirror, how you, what you see and how you feel about it. And mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the actual person that's in the mirror. Right. Which is why our eyes got so big about what was said to you as a child, because it's <laughs> clearly followed you into adulthood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but like now I can look back and like kind of be a little bit more of a spectator as opposed to the person on the court that was being impacted by that. And I can see how that, that little girl was affected by it. But at some point we always, I feel like we have a choice. I think as children, that's the, the challenge is when you're not an independent person yet, right? Like you're dependent on your parents, you're dependent on your family. Like you don't recognize the choice you have. So growing up when I was like wanting to diet, that would require eating my own kind of food and eating separately from my family. And that wasn't something that didn't. Jessica actually mentioned this yesterday when I was meeting with her for coaching that that by the time that (laughs) we're adults, still like a statue she won't even move around (laughs) by the time that we're adults this trauma has already happened right Mm -hmm. so it's just like putting the band-aid on the geyser at this point right like Mm -hmm. i i'm sorry you went through that choice like let's try to fix that relationship now like it's it's already happened and that's you know what what you and i showed when you work with weight loss patients as well it's like that trauma has already happened. It's already there. There's nothing that we can do to take that away. But right. where can we go from here? How can we how can we change their mindset from here? Because on paper, weight loss is simple, right? It's an energy balance, but we're not simple beings. We're complex. There's a lot of emotion in it. Weight loss is not easy. Simple doesn't mean easy. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is like, when we say weight loss and what we really mean, that's one of the first things I draw attention to, to women is like, I'm like, you're not actually here because you want to lose weight. You don't know what weight you are unless you get on a scale. You're here because you want to look and feel smaller and, and leaner. Like you yeah. just want to be a smaller person and, and feel strong and confident right. in your and body. Like the way your body, like Jessica was saying earlier, like you, you want to, have things stop moving when you stop moving, ideally, you know, like there shouldn't be a wake after you (laughs) of just motion. And that's okay if there is, and you're okay with it. But scientifically speaking, certain parts are supposed to function in a certain way. And I think that we get so focused on the weight, the numerical qualifier of our body's success, as opposed to how we feel and not just how we feel about our body, but how we feel in our body, in our clothes, climbing stairs, 
running after a toddler or, you know, chasing somebody in the grocery store because they took the last turkey or something. <laughs> we made out that turkey. It's so, actually my Facebook story today, not about taking a turkey. It's what is more important to you? It's a Facebook poll. What's more important to you? The number on the scale or looking better. And every single person has picked looking better, but every, every single person runs. that comes to me, their first thing is, I want the number on the scale to go down. Right. Or if they don't, don't feel happy, even if they are changing in their body, but their weight is not reflecting it. So you know what I tell them? I'm, I say weight is actually a function of gravity. So if you'd like to lose weight quickly, mm-hmm. I would suggest that you take one of those new Virgin Atlantic space flights and go to the moon. Or chop off a limb. Or eat a lean cuisine. That. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, audience. Here's how you can have three very viable options. High colonic. High colonic via TV dinner or medical spa. I'm going to give you my take on this after a word from our advertisers today. Attention all super moms. Life can get busy and finding time for yourself can feel like a constant uphill battle. But fear not, Level Up Strength and Nutrition is here to help you reclaim your strength and vitality, no matter how hectic your schedule is. Introducing our fitness solution for busy moms, the Muscle Mommy Method. Are you struggling to find time to exercise amidst struggling family, work, and endless to-do lists? We've got your back. Our specialized fitness program is designed with busy moms like you in mind. Embrace fitness on your terms. Customized workouts. Say goodbye to cookie cutter routines. Our certified coaches tailor workouts to suit your fitness level and available time. Virtual flexibility. No need to rush to the gym to meet a trainer at 5 a.m. Our virtual fitness coaching lets you work out whenever and wherever you want, at home, in the park, or on the go. Quick and effective. Our time efficient workouts pack a punch. Get maximum results in minimal time so you can focus on what truly matters, your family and yourself. Empowering moms one workout at a time. We understand the unique challenges moms face and we're here to lift you up. Our supportive community of strong moms will be your cheerleaders, motivating you every step of the way. Embrace a healthier and happier you. Take the first step towards a vibrant and energized life. Let Level Up Strength and Nutrition be your partner in this incredible journey to becoming the best version of yourself. Call or text 321-236-0352 to book your free consultation and discover how our fitness program fits seamlessly into your busy life. Level Up Strength and Nutrition, empowering moms to thrive one workout at a time. Welcome back. Thank you for that advertisement. <laughs> As a women's coaching specialist for fitness and nutrition, this is what I you know deal with day in and day out. And I hear stories all day. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to hear what, what women have been told growing up. But really what led me to work with women is you know what I went through growing up. And that is that my mom is a personal trainer, a personal trainer in the 80s and 90s of women didn't have muscle then. Like strength training for women was not a thing. It was, we're you know. We're sweating to the oldies. Yeah. Like we're doing, we're doing our aerobics. Leg warmers. Steps, the steps, the leg warmers. Like you want to be as 
thin as possible. And no butts, zero butts. No butts. No butts. And I remember her saying that all the time, like, oh, my butt looks so big. And here I am, like, man, I just want a butt. Like, I just want a big old <laughs> butt. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm hearing these things and, and seeing, like, okay, thinner means better. Thinner means people will like you more. Thinner means men will like you more. Thinner means you're more sexually attractive, right? Yeah. And then, like, much like you, Shweta, I hit puberty very early. My freshman year of high school, my nickname was, you wouldn't know it now, Big Boobs McGee. <laughs> yes. I mean, oh. Because I was a D at 13 years old. Thank you, children, for taking that away from me. And I never fit that like slim frame, you know, that uh, that was portrayed to me growing up as the ideal body type. And then going through high school, I just continued to gain weight. I got really, really sick in college and I lost a shit ton of weight, like 30 pounds. I was 105 pounds at 5'4". And you know what I got? Tons of compliments from people you look amazing. You lost so much weight. And so here I am feeling the worst that I've ever felt because I'm practically like dying of a thyroid disorder. And people are telling me I look great. Like, okay, people like me better when I'm thin. So I guess I have to, like, it doesn't matter if I'm miserable. I have to be thin because then people will like me more. I totally remember joking, but not joking about Oh, I, if somebody has food poisoning, I, I kind of want to share like their utensils, you know, just so I can like maybe get it too. Yeah. No, I hear from clients all the time. Like, oh, I had food poisoning. So I was down six pounds this week. Oh and God, I'm like, the best experience ever, you know, completely doesn't count. fire out of my butthole. That's why the number on the scale can be bullshit. Shit, mm-hmm. pun intended, because you shot most of that out. It's not that. But yeah, like we, we have these negative core beliefs that thinner means happier, which as we talked about yesterday, just said, like, Happiness is not a destination. You right, need to right. enjoy the journey of fitness and health is not a destination. You're just you're not magically healthy one day. And like Jessica was saying earlier about her mom, I think it's it's the bigger the overarching issue is resistance to change. Mm. Like not accepting, you know, when they say like aging gracefully, right? Our body gaining weight in certain locations and losing weight in certain locations is a natural part of aging. And we we just don't like to accept anything, you know, laying down. Like it's like, nope, I will keep my fat in my cheeks and I will lose my fat in my thighs and I will keep my hair on my head and lose that hair over my upper lip for crying out loud. Like it just has to be the way it is. And it's not just even our parents that may have created that environment for us growing up, but like constantly being bombarded with these standards in social media and mainstream. Which aren't real blessing. anymore anyway. It's right. all filtered. Right. And I think that there is a lot more, though forced, a lot more normalization now of what's real. And I say forced as in now, like almost every brand will have a oversized or a curvy bottle or a you know even as we for our small businesses are marketing and we're picking a person to reflect our 
our brand in our marketing, like a stock photo, I have to think about factoring in somebody who's older, somebody who's younger, somebody who's ethnic, somebody who is not ethnic, a male and a female and a skinny person and a like full-size person, whatever that means. Just because now it has become more the standard to be inclusive. And, and I think that's great. But mm-hmm. marketing, like you were saying with you know, workouts in the 80s or a personal trainer in the 80s, a whole different ballgame of what they were encouraging and putting out there. And so how to break through the impact that has, I think the real goal should be how to not let it drive you batshit crazy. Because I don't think it's going to be something that you actually... Call me. I can help you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like reality is like all of us at some point are going to want to change something about ourselves, right? And then to say that we don't, we shouldn't do that is yet just trying to change something else about ourselves, right? So, yeah, and it's a great point that you made there, Ashley. That we enjoying the process and and finding a way to be happy now and appreciate ourselves for who we are now. We can do that while also still wanting better for ourselves, right? There it is. You you don't Mm -hmm. have to be like, okay, I have to have like the hair on my head and the fat in my cheeks and lose the fat on my thighs. How about leaning into the natural changes while also feeling your best in those natural changes? So Mm -hmm. if that means your hair is graying and you don't feel your best that way, then that means you make the choice to maybe get your hair colored. But it's because it helps you to feel good about yourself. Not so that you can help other people feel good about you because other people are always going to have an opinion. I can say that firsthand. When I was really, really thin, the opinion was, you need to eat a burger. Somebody needs to shoot you with a potato gun. I got made fun of for being very thin. And then as I gained a little bit of weight, I got made fun of for this or that. There's always something. Stop trying to chase the dragon. Stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. Enjoy who you are and feel your best Mm -hmm. and find happiness in the now. Beautifully said. I'll just leave it on this note of let's just stop commenting on people's bodies. Unless you know that the, yes, unless you know that somebody has been working really hard to lose weight and they want that compliment, let's just stop commenting on the way people look. Things that you can say, like that I say to my daughter, you look powerful. You look strong. You are smart. You are kind. All of these Mm -hmm. other things that our children and our friends are other than just your pretty you look thin, you lost weight, right? We don't want right. them to cling on to those things. So let's just leave people's bodies alone. Yeah. On that note, you do you. Let them do that. Except for between the sheets where you don't want to always leave the bodies alone. And I do no, do no, myself. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I hope you ladies have a fabulous Friday and all of our listeners as well. Remember, yes. you can love yourself as you are and still want more for yourself. And remember, yes, you are beautiful. We even, love you. Even Barbie had Sally like for 10 seconds. She did. Thanks for tuning in to the Mislabeled Podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button after you finish leaving us a review. Till next time. <laughs>